Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 470. We host for Jones coming to you from Snowy Merritt. Yeah, it's snowing here. About two inches in the last hour. Oh, well, shit happens. I broke Kahala today. Twice, both ways. One down, one up. That's an interesting drive. This is the highway that got taken out by that big flood around, what, uh, November 15th, November 16th, something like that. Uh, 15 bridges, chunks of highway were gone. Uh, they've done a wonderful job rebuilding it. Uh, they're still, you know... It's not open. When it's open, there's going to be two or three lanes going in each direction. Right now, a lot of places, there's only one lane going in each direction, and you you have to merge onto the same bridge because the bridge on the other side is missing. Uh, so there's a there's a few places like that, uh, two or three, actually. Uh, one down by Othello, uh, between Othello and Hope. There's this area where the highway goes right along the river. They're very close to each other. And the southbound lanes are just completely gone. They're just not there. The river took them. And uh, so now, now they finally got the river back where it's supposed to be, and now they're slowly built, filling in between it. It's going to take a million dump truckloads of gravel to uh, make big rock and gravel and everything else to uh, build that highway again. It's not over time soon. But today was the first day for non-essential commercial vehicles. So I cruise down. Picked up some stuff from my digger. Everything was good. Got some dog food. Life is good. Okay. Anyhow, uh, what's going on in football? Not much going on. This everything's going on in football. It's free agency. People are signing this, that, and everything else. I'm not excited. You know, I'm not. We're still arguing about these uh, rulings, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this uh, in segment eight. We're going to talk about a, a survey, and I'm going to sh- tell them why this survey doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's wrong. And uh, we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just – I'm not in it. I'm just not in it. I'm not excited about it right now, and it's, it uh, hopefully doesn't show. Uh, I'm always excited about football. I miss football. But, you know, it's just like I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of natural disasters. I'm tired of everything else. I just want to be fucked alone. But uh, we're going to talk some football because that's what we do. We – committed to do this podcast and we're going to rock it we're going to run out of time and again i'm not on my computer so um we could just very radically at the end of the show just run out of time and be turned off and that may happen may not i'm going to try to throw away so that that doesn't happen anyhow i'd open up the mics right now and uh, say hello to the panel because we've got a full panel here we got three guys that are ready chris how are you doing from uh, dawson Creek, right you're up in Dawson Creek? Yep. Dawson Creek. Yeah, that's good. Okay. As usual, the discussion of weather is always a topic of importance, but uh, it's gone literally from minus 30 this morning to about minus 8 right now, and in another couple hours it's going to be plus 5. <laughs> that's cool. 
So, yeah, nothing like a little bit of a weather change. Yeah, you know, it is. And and we've been like minus 35 and now we're we're actually plus 2 and it was raining and stuff like that. So, William, you've got something going on in the background. I just muted your mic. So, uh you, you need to turn down what or turn off whatever you're doing in there. Stop watching football, American football. It's boring. Okay? Charles, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah. I I'm doing fine. It, you know, it was a busy nope. day for me. I got to drive forever. Um, yep. How was your trip to Richmond? Huh. As good as a trip to Richmond. What, was it? What? Was it fruitful? It was absolutely. It was. I, the only problem is I I hate driving in Richmond because I constantly get lost in that city. I hate the roads because they go every which way, and I always seem to get lost there. Uh, Took me about fifteen or twenty minutes. The ethnic origin of the people that live there. But no, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just the roads are confusing. Yeah. Well, you know, number three road, number four road, number five road. Those are pretty much like beside each other. Yeah, I know, but I was on a different way. I don't know. I always end up taking one wrong turn, and it always and I always end up in the wrong direction. It took me about twenty minutes longer to get back to the freeway than I should have. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but otherwise, that it was a good. It was good. It was fruitful. You get you you got got some business out of it, did you? Yes. Awesome. Good to hear that, William. I'm opening up your mic again. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sitting in my basement. There's no TV on. There's nothing on. I'm sitting here all by myself. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyways. Chris Chris was talking. There was a whole pile of background noise. I couldn't figure out what so I thought I'd tr- start try- muting you and Charles to see where the noise was coming from. I muted you and it stopped. Okay. Maybe I had gas or something. It was louder than normal. Could, well, um, you, you, I understand that. You're kind of a gassy kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway... I spent all of, I spent all of last week sitting at home. I went for my COVID test on Thursday. I went for my COVID test on Thursday. I got the results Saturday morning. Guess who was negative? Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> but I'm back at work this week, so it's kind of nice. You know what I mean? And it's been nice outside, more or less. You did that? Yeah, well, I still work from home, but... You know, he's, he's no, he's very, he's very, very, very COVID scared. So I don't know if he is happy I'm back because he still thinks they have COVID or something. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how people can be afraid of cold. But no, I know. But they are. So what are you going to do? Germophobics. They've always confused me. Okay. So anything anything wonderful anybody needs to share right now or are we gonna jump into talk about football? Too bad. I gave you the opportunity to talk, you've chosen not to. What's that? I was gonna say I'm sorry if the uh the what you recall the agenda's not that good. It's kinda of in the we're kind of in the um area where it's harder to find uh topics. So I did the best. I think I did all right, but no. we'll see how 
How long I it think takes to go through it? There's enough we can talk about. A few other things I've seen so. that I want to jump at, and we'll go from mm-hmm. there. Okay? So here's okay. the question. Yep. We're going to go through, and I'm going to jump to who is currently the number one free agent. So we're going to jump to number three, segment three right now because segment three will lead in segment one. Okay. So who is the current current number one free agent? Bring to you guys. William, number one free agent. Number one free agent. Well, it, Number one free agent. Who do you think is the hottest thing? It has to be Zach Caleros. Has to be Zach Caleros, doesn't it? Okay. Number one free agent. Top quarterback in the CFL, and he's a free agent. Is anybody anybody stupid enough? Anybody stupid enough to sign him other than Winnipeg? I don't think so. So who knows? Well, you know. There's Zach Caleros is the, the ultimate leverage right now, okay? Winnipeg Blue Bombers need Zach Caleros more than Zach Caleros needs the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I totally and completely disagree with that statement. If Zach Caleros wants to play football in the CFL in the 2022 season, he has on with Winnipeg because there is not a team in the CFL that can protect him. And we've gone over and over and over in the last six years about Zach Caleros and his health and his ability to take a hit. If he doesn't have the Winnipeg O-line in front of him, he might as well just toodle over to the moor. That's my opinion on that, right? So he, he needs Winnipeg yes. just as much as Winnipeg needs him. Yes, but on the other hand, if Winnipeg if – Winnipeg, um, gives him the kind of money people are thinking that he's looking for, I don't know if they're going to be able to afford their offensive line. So, you know, if Zach Caleros was smart, he'd take less money so that the offensive line could come back so he could stay alive for another season. Because at this point in time, and at this point in time, he's living, in my mind, he's still living on forward time, to be honest with you. Okay, so what do you think Zach Calero's salary should be for the year, per year, including bonuses, incentives, signing this, signing that, whatever? His, his entire thing made a kit to the Grand Cup. His maximum dollars this year should be what? I think he should be on par with Bowley by Mitchell and Mike Riley. So around the 500K mark. Yeah, five five fifty in my mind. Yeah. Chris, what are your thoughts on Zach Laros here? Well, to be honest with you, I I, I think it's they're both right, <laughs> and I don't and I know that's hard to fathom because they're not totally together, but I think that he does. Hold the key to, to with Winnipeg. They they need to re-sign him. Um, I think they're the best option. But I also agree that he needs to be there because it's a good fit for him for his career and his health. So I think that's kind of why it's going to be really tricky because 
I, I think that it, that both all sides at play, and it makes it more of a stalemate than anybody's got the advantage. And uh, I, I honestly think that they're going to sign him, and I honestly think they're going to pay him that five hundred to six hundred somewhere in there, all in. And I I I just think that it's inevitable to happen, and I think they just need to both kind of get their there are sides in and, and just come to that agreement and it's going to happen. But, but, uh, um, I think it's all valid points and that's what makes it so much of a, a shoulder shrug. Cause it's like, well, you, you kind of all need each other and you probably should just sign and it should just be done. <laughs> but, uh, we'll see. I, I'm never, I'm never not surprised in, at something in the CFL. So, We'll see, but it just it makes so much sense for him to be there with what's happened and 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 what needs what he needs that I just can't see it happening. But I don't expect him to take a big chunk discount either because that's just not practical. So I don't know. does that make sense? Well, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to take a discount. I think he's going to have to be paid the money. Otherwise, yeah. he, why would he sign? Right. I mean, right. he knows that his less expectancy in the CFL is one more hit. Yeah. He knows it. He's not stupid. He's not a dumb man, right? So yeah. he's, he wants to get as much guaranteed money right now as he can. So Winnipeg, that this is going to up his salary by about a hundred grand, hundred hundred and fifty grand. Okay. Where does that money come from? Because Winnipeg had to have been pretty damn close to the edge prior to this season. So, you know, who are they not going to be able to find? Who are they not going to be able to find? Stanley Bryant? Andrew, Andrew Harris. Harris? No, Andrew, Kenny, Andrew Harris. I, I think Lawler and Harris are gone. I honestly do. That, that for sure, Harris is gone. They have cheaper options that are just as good, and I, it's not going to be popular, but it's going to be the smart decision to make. And I think Lawler's got other options. I don't, I, I, I think that you, you, you figure you're going to maybe lose him anyway. So you make your design and plans without him and you save those two salaries. And that's where the money comes from. You sign the O-line and Zach and hope that everybody steps up. And I think your plan for running backs done like Olivera and Augustine can, can tilt the mail for you. And uh, I, right, but you, you said that they are as good as Andrew Harris, and I don't think they are. They're not that that beast up the middle that Andrew Harris is. Now, I, I don't disagree with you that Andrew Harris is gone, and, and that these two guys are, are are the future of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But they they are going to take a step backwards in their running game. It's not going to be as good. Well, but there's an argument to be made that, that uh, yeah, not, but I mean, Andrew Harris is maybe not in every, every, every play back anymore. He's getting up there in age. He's been hurt now. How many is in, yeah. in games is he going to miss from injury? So, again, if you weigh that into what they give you, are you really losing that much? Because Andrew can't give you what he used to give you every play. So you're going to be yeah, losing I that. In, like, I, I, I just, I just, yeah, I just. Is, if he's at his best, is are they going to be as good as him? No, but I think that that's passed already. So I think that you're going to do just as well with those guys as you would with Harris in the season. 
valid point. Now, if you sign Andrew Harris, those other two are going to walk. Yes, okay. you're going to lose and them anyway, they're right? The, they're the future. Mm-hmm. They're the future. Andrew Harris is not the future when it pick Blue Bombers. It, I mean, it's going to suck. It's not going to be popular, but it's it's going to be what they need to do. It's the right thing to do. And, it, and you know what? The it fans, is. as crazy as they are, might accept it just based off the fact that they understand that that's the truth. Maybe not, but maybe the they will. The, I, the Winnipeg... Uh, Charles and I, are, and I think Will as well, are on a couple of the Winnipeg fan groups, and there's yeah. no one they're defending against right now. I mean, they're they're kicking them to the curb. And so there yeah, you go. Yeah, they're fine letting them go. Yeah, they're they're totally okay with it. So, wow. Because um, Oliver is a local anything kid too, right? Said. Yeah, yeah, and Oliver is yeah, a local yeah, kid. And they're both Canadians. Yeah. And I'm also. I'm also thinking you go and you find yourself you can you can get an American back to run behind that offensive line. I mean, anybody can run behind that offensive line, okay? So you don't necessarily have to Will could run behind that around either. Line. No, Will doesn't. True run. enough, but I think um, I think Ale- I think those two can do it. I think Ale- between Alera Vera and sure, Augustine they, they and they get yeah. a Canadian and they they get a local boy. Uh, they don't lose any ground at all, and that's probably why the Winnipeg fans aren't going ape shit about it. Yeah, and they yeah. know that they're going to save a ton of money and be able to pay Zach. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I think that okay. too goes. Sure. And, for, as a, and I, I think Lawler. I think Lawler might again. I think Lawler might be gone as well, and that's going to be a salary they save. Yeah. Okay, Charles, step up here. Yeah, and I'm in agreement there. I mean, you got to – I think uh, I'm kind of – with what uh, Chris said, that they kind of both need each other uh, because, uh, let's face it, let's say Caleros does walk. Who's playing quarterback for the Bombers? It's uh, – you going to rely on Sean McGuire? I don't think so. Uh, and then Caleros, uh, we know his concussion history, and quite frankly, uh, to um, – for uh, Caleros to be playing behind that offensive line, uh, it's the reason he has been basically injury-free since then. So you kind of need each one or the other. And where do you get the money for? Um, Chris is bang on. You you, um, you bring in, you get rid of um, Harris, and you can all also lose Kenny Lawler. Um, and I think uh, Chris said, well, it won't be that popular, but. It's funny that you brought it up to that we're on the Winnipeg Jets group because I'm actually on that group now, and there was a poll posted on the Winnipeg Jets and Bombers armchair coaches page. It was posted four hours ago. They asked the question. It's actually a poll. Who do we need to re-sign before free agency? The number one name on this list, Zach Caleros, with Zach 46 Calero. votes. Andrew Harris, three votes. <laughs> In fact... Both Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine have more votes than Andrew Harris. So I don't think if Andrew Harris does get shipped off and let go, I don't think the Bomber fans are going to have that big a deal with it. At least about these Bomber fans here because no one seems to care. Okay. I have two, two statements on this that I'd like to throw out there. First off, if Andrew Harris isn't resigning with the Bombers, does he sign anywhere else, or is he done? He's done. 
He, he retires. I don't think he signs anywhere else. He retires? Maybe Ottawa or someone throws money at them, throws stupid money at them, and they shouldn't. It's possible, but I would lean towards him be retiring at that point. Okay. Now, I, I have another question. I say, I say have, he plays – I'm sorry. I say I say the opposite. I say he I say he signed somewhere. He is not ready to be done. His attitude has never shown that. I bet you money he signs with somebody because somebody's going to put money on him to, to to just even bring in fans, and he'll he'll play somewhere else. I I almost guarantee you he is going to play next season somewhere else. I you know what? I wouldn't be surprised with him back in BC. I might not be happy with it, but I wouldn't be surprised with it. Well, they need a running he's back. Not, he's not ready to be done Men- mentally, attitude-wise. He is going to play. He is going to find a way to play somewhere. That's the driving factor because he is not ready to retire. And there's no way that he'll go out on the open market, even with maybe a pay cut to play again and prove he's still valid, uh, that he won't find a place to play. Someone's going to take a chance on him. He brings a lot to the game, let's be honest. Whether you agree he was doping or whatever, or blah, 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 he changes games. He does. Okay, Whether he's 100%. being enhanced to do so. So somebody's going to give him the money. Like, if he retires, it's going to be only when he wants to, and I, he is not ready to. He is going to find a place to play. I guarantee you. It's not going to be in Winnipeg, but he'll play somewhere. There's too many teams that could use that kind of uh, offense. Oh, hey, fuck, BC needs it. We haven't had a running back since he left. Yep. You know. <clears throat> Christ, if, if Calgary loses uh, Kadeem, which is looking more and more like it might happen, Calgary might sign him. Like, like he's going to find a place to play. He brings too much to the game, even at his age. And, I mean, if, if he's having any problems signing, he drops his salary a little bit and finds a place, right? Like he's gonna he's gonna play and he's because he's gonna want to show that Winnipeg made a mistake. That's his total attitude. Like he's gonna and I, and to be honest with you, he's an he'll probably player. start really strong. Yeah, and he's gonna start real strong because he's gonna want to prove Winnipeg fucked up. You know what it's gonna be like? It's gonna be like Charleston Hughes all over again. He's gonna have another like two years of fuck you, you dumped me too fast, and and then maybe he'll fade away. Maybe. But that's exactly what well, he is. Happen. What thirty three, thirty four years old now? So thirty four. He's, he's 34. up for running back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now here's my next question on the Bombers' quarterback situation, and we're we're uh, we are agreeing that they have a very well oiled machine. Okay, their offensive line is good. They they're they're set at the running back stage. They've got some really hot receivers. Their offense is sitting really pretty. Okay. When you have an offense like that, you can take a less than stellar quarterback and put him in there and, and, and shine like a son of a bitch. Okay? We've seen that over and over again. And I'm not going to make any name any teams right now because it's not fair or it's not right or I, I've done it so many times it's just everybody knows what I'm going to say. Um, mm-hmm. Trevor Harris. On again, off again quarterback. Never really been with a good team. Put him in a good team situation. We all thought that he was going to be an amazing quarterback, but he was in Ottawa. 
Ottawa wasn't really that good of a team. Then he went to shit. He, he bounced all over the place. He ended up in Edmonton last year. That was not a good thing. Um, I think he has a lot to offer, and would Winnipeg would get him at a discount. Would that be something that would happen? Is that something that you can see happening? William. Um, uh, you know what? I, I don't. I, I believe Trevor Harris has been on some good teams, and for me, Trevor Harris is just way, way, way too inconsistent. It's got nothing to do with the team he's on. I think it's a personal thing with Trevor Harris. He's always been inconsistent. Pretty simple. Just my opinion. Okay. Charles, what's your thoughts on that? Do you agree with me? Go ahead. I was just going to say, to me, Trevor Harris is almost Matt Nichols plus. Uh, He's a slight upgrade on Matt Nichols, but his consistency is just not getting any better no matter where he's been, whether he's been in Ottawa, whether he's been in uh, Toronto, whether he's been uh, Edmonton. He's just not consistent enough. Uh, he right. just has one good game, one bad game, and just keeps going over and over again. Hmm? You haven't named a good team. Well, he was on Ottawa where he got to the Grey Cup with him, so there's that, but couldn't yeah. win the Grey Cup. I, 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 I don't think Ottawa was ever really a good team. Hmm. I really don't. I mean, first off, getting to the Grey Cup from the Eastern Division isn't really a big challenge. Okay? True, but... You really only have to beat one team. There's only two teams in the East at any one time that are any good. I don't know why it's like that, but it's true. Okay, but if he's that, that good of a quarterback, he should be able to elevate his team, and he doesn't. I, and that's exactly what I said. He's not that great of a quarterback, but in a team that's so well oil as the Blue Bombers are, he doesn't have to be an outstanding, amazing, elite quarterback, and he should be able to win and win big. Well, that's, that's just my theory. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, true. But, I mean, then you're basically calling um... – Trevor Harris, a game manager. Well, Matt Nichols is a game manager. Winnipeg couldn't get over the hump with him. So why would it be any different with, uh, with Matt Nichols at that point? Well, this isn't the same Winnipeg team. It's pretty close, to be honest. More, uh, many of the guys, a, a large portion of the guys that were on that team, um, that one great well, back back were Matt on Nichols the team. Was- in 2019, One. Matt Nichols was winning the league. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers were the cream of the crop of 2019 until Matt Nichols got injured. Okay? Yeah. Then they bopped around with Chris Strebler, and then they ended up bringing in Zach Caleros because Matt Nichols was not coming back. And they won right. a great battle. Yeah. Okay? So I, I'm not arguing with you about Matt Nichols. I am saying that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers was a really good team in that year. Matt Nichols looked mm-hmm. pretty goddamn good in that year, although previously he had not. Nobody liked Matt Nichols, or except the Bomber fans. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's the same thing, right? 
So I, I don't know. Right. I just threw that out there just because I, I wanted to see what your reaction was, that Winnipeg does have options. If, if, if Zach Calero says, this is, no, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do, and Kyle Walters is not prepared to do that, Winnipeg has other options, and they're not that bad. They're not going to be well-liked. Absolutely not going to be well-liked. But Zach Caleros doesn't have a lot of options in this league. I, sure, I'd love to see him behind the O-line of the BC Lions. He'd be in the hospital. Okay? So, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of teams that he could go to. Winnipeg does have an, at least one other option for quarterback, in my opinion. So we can move on from this if you guys are okay, unless you want to keep barking about it. Um, well, I'll, I'll just say not only do I agree with you, Christopher, that that uh, Harris is an option, I also think that a Jeremiah Mazzoli could succeed in that offense too. It's about the only place that Mazzoli could succeed in this league. Yeah, and that's because he's it's the the run play option. He's got a good running game and he's got a good old line to give him time to swing out and move around. And I personally okay. like the Mazzoli option better than better than the Harris option to be honest. Trevor Harris. Yeah, I think they both I, I'm just I'm I they have options, which is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I agree though they have options and they have a couple of decent options. So yes, I don't think Zach has as much control as he thinks he does. I think he needs there a little bit more than than they need him. But I think they do want to keep him because of the consistency and the fan base and all that stuff. So, but I don't think he can extort them. If he wants too much money, he's gone, and they've got options. Right. <clears throat> I, you know, here's the scary thing is I don't believe your statement there is correct because Kyle Walters has been known to overpay kickers. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's going to overpay the quarterback just because he needs to keep that guy. I'm just saying that that's well, probably not okay. prudent. Yes. Okay. So they, what I said should be qualified with the, that's what he should do. If he does and they and he yeah. lets himself be extorted, then well, he's an idiot. But we know he, like I said, yes, is way overpaid a kicker. So, <laughs> right, okay. So I, I mean, I'm just I'm throwing things out there to find out what it is because I like this option right now. We can talk about Winnipeg and, and they are the, the 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 cream of the crop right now. They are the elite team in this league. It's hard to hard to argue that one with two back to back breakups going and looking like the favorite for a third. And how does that happen? When, when was the last time a team won three Grey Cups in a row? That had to go back to Edmonton in the 80s, don't you? Yeah, I think yep. so. We, yeah, we Montreal's had the one that got close. Montreal teams, but they never did it. Yeah, they only nope. did two. Yep. Yeah. And when they Toronto did that two, it had been, been, yeah, yeah, it'd been forever for the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do we want to do who the other uh, awesome free agents are here, or do we want to move on to something else? 
because there was a story there that was quite good, which was the uh, 30 top free agents. Number two top free agent is who in the league right now, Rank, Rank? You know? Does anybody know? Brian Burnham. Burnham. Brian Burnham's. Brian Burnham's number two in the league as eligible free agents. Is BC going to be able to sign him? I, I think they have to. I have, uh, I have my doubts. So then they lose Cote. I think they lose either him or Cote. I think it's one or the other. I don't lose both, but I think they lose one. Who's Cote? Can't we lose Coy- Durant? Co- oh, Katoy. Katoy, sorry, Katoy. Because yeah. he's on that list too, and I think they lose one or the other. I don't think can't he's we lose that big a pay Neymar Durant. Yeah, that would be the guy. I think I would you lose him. Yeah, I think you lose Durant no matter what. I, I, I just He's not part of the team. He's not worth it. He's done. He's gone, whatever. But I, I think that you still can't afford both of those guys, even with just losing Durant to you. I do. Possibly I do, because they pay. Lucky Whitehead is making the same amount of money as what Lamar Durant was. Okay? You, right. You lose Durant, you've got Lamar. You still have the money to pay Burnham what he was making before. Right. Okay. All salaries and, stay the same, as long as, kind of, sort of. As long as Burnham is not looking for this huge pay hike in his aging, declining years, so to speak, do, doing mm. it, as long as he doesn't try a G. Roy Simon on us, then right. then I think we can re-sign Burnham and we can re-sign Toy. I, I think the money is there for those three guys. I know people mm-hmm. don't believe it. But getting rid of Durant at two hundred thousand dollars a year is an amazing, just ridiculous, right? That could help. Well, it's a no brainer. If you can sign all three of them and get rid of him, that's a no brainer, right? Like I think that's a no brainer if you can do it. So it's it's definitely a possibility to have to bring Burnham back. It's just a matter of is what is the priorities of the BC Lions and, and where are we going to go from there? And uh, Brian Burnham, I mean, how do you not sign this guy? This guy's a magician. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's yeah, hard to do. it'd be a hard loss. It would be a bad, it would be a bad loss for sure. So I don't think the price tag for Brian Burnham is going to be too high. Is he going to ask for the same amount of money of Lucky Whitehead? Close. He should. I mean, I mean, you know what? Lucky. Let's face it. He's also he's also been he's more consistent than Lucky Whitehead. He's been there consistently every single year. Okay, Lucky and, Whitehead yeah. has had one season. It just showed up. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. And the other thing is, do they cut Durant because he's not a free agent? Oh, they could fucking just release them. Release them, yeah. Yeah, just release them, trade them, do something with them, toss them to the fucking curb, put mm-hmm. their head on the way, you know, just make them go away. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I would definitely go after like- the toy more than Durant. <laughs> I agree. The heart. 
Thank you, Captain. He's a Canadian, and he makes much less money. Yep. <laughs> well, I just I like him better. I, I I mean, when he left Calgary, my heart was not broken. He had lots of potential, but he was just not doing it. And I, you just could tell he was never going to do it. He was going to. He just hurt too much. Well, no, and, so he can't and be healthy. If you, if you remember, if you remember, Chris, we heard about his potential for four fucking years. Okay. Yeah. And and, and when we lost him, it was like no big deal. Every <laughs> year. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, you can have him. He's yours. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. weren't ex- overly excited when he showed up, okay? But he did have a good <laughs> year. His first year in BC was good. He st- stayed healthy. Next two years, not so much. The end of the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, sticking with BC, what do you guys think of this John Bowman signing for the D-line coach for the BC Lions? I- I'm a little indifferent on this. I mean... He's got no coaching experience, and we toss him right into the D-line, which is, I mean, he was a dominant D-lineman in, in the league. Uh, is this a smart move? Is, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. Somebody, like somebody somewhere had to, had to have something to good to say about him. But, I mean, yeah, he's been I, out of football I, for two years. He, he didn't coach last year. Well, no, but I mean, you start. You got to, you got to start somewhere, and he's starting at the right yeah. positional start. Like they're not making him coordinator. Absolutely. They're not doing anything stupid. It's just like Corey Mace, right? He he was a he was yeah. a decent D lineman, but he was a nobody. And they put him they they, they put him in that position. And Dion Claybrooks, like you can develop a good D-line coach from a good D-line player because he knows the position. He's going to have respect with the players because the guy played forever. And you know what? I honestly, I actually got to meet him when he started his career in Calgary, and he's a smart football player. I think he'll translate into coaching. Some players don't, and it's sometimes a risk. Uh, And some people you think would be awesome suck at it, like – it's always that gamble, but I think it's a good. I think it was a good move on BC's part. I think, I, I, I think, I think you guys will be happy with them. I think it'll work out for you. I do. Charles, what's your? Take and he's on a great. It? He's a great guy. He is a really great guy too. I think the players like, like the players respect him. Uh, personally, I'm um, obviously going to take a wait and see attitude. Uh, like you said, he has no uh, coaching experience. And two days or uh, two years ago, when Devon Claybrooks came in, he brought in some guys with um, a couple of guys that had no uh, coaching experience, and it really didn't go all that well. But I mean, you can't uh, judge one person on the other one. Uh, John Bowman was definitely known as a uh, uh, a good defensive player, uh, a bit of a um, you know a dirty defensive player. Um, uh, at times, uh, but he does no defense, and you know what? I'm willing to give him a shot like I would anyone else, but uh, certainly I'm going to take a wait-and-see attitude, but I'm glad that they did I'll bring him in just as like a, a defensive line coach, and like, like Chris said, they didn't make him a coordinator or anything like that right off the bat. So Yeah, no, uh, that would be like dumb. But um, I, I'm not sure I like the comparison that you had with um, under – uh, Devon Claybrooks because I think everybody on that coaching staff was a rookie. There was no no stability, no experience, no 
no mentorship. It was just like, oh, my God, these guys are all, like, first-year coaches, except I, I think Rich Stubler was there, wasn't he? I was going to say yeah. Rich Stubler was there, and he was easily the most experienced. I, without question, but he was the most experienced coach in the entire team. I mean, the head coach was a rookie. The offensive coordinator was a rookie. Um, I mean, Nick Nick Lewis was in there. I mean, it, it just was, oh. I, I just looked at the lineup and went, Why? And it, the entire season didn't surprise me. No. Okay. So that's John Bowman out of there. We talked about Zach Polaris. We talked about number one pending free agent. This is awesome. But Dan Evans, where's the most likely landing spot for Jeremiah Mazzoli? Wow. Ottawa, Edmonton, uh, Winnipeg, Toronto, uh is there anywhere else? I, I think Saskatchewan? BC and Calgary are set. Yeah, yeah, Saskatchewan. I think BC and Calgary are set at quarterback. I'd have to believe that the and, and I'm not ruling out Jeremiah Mazzoli signing with the Tiger Cats. I'm not. No, I wouldn't rule that out. I, what, what, I mean, like they last year, the year last before. Year. Yeah, we they, they, yeah. they signed Dane Evans, and we all thought, oh well, Mazzoli's not going to sign there, and then he does sign there. So yeah, three weeks later, he he signs in Hamilton. So is he going to say, okay, well, I know I'm going to, uh, I'm a little older, a little long at the tooth. Do I take a little bit of a pay cut and I take the backup role with Hamilton? I like the team. They have a, they go to the Grey Cup. I got a shot at a ring. Uh, is that what I'm? Okay, well, I'm not going to get in with Winnipeg. Winnipeg's most likely. Western team win, so yeah, I'm going to stick re-sign with Hamilton. So, I mean, there's only a couple of three teams out there that aren't aren't going to be interested in him. I don't think Montreal uh-huh. would be. Not everybody else. I wouldn't be surprised with him anywhere. I'd be surprised with him in BC or Calgary. That's all I gotta say. It's the only places that would surprise me. Well, and Montreal, I agree with you with Montreal. I think and, they've, and, they've and totally Montreal. made it very clear there with Vernon Adams, 100. percent So yeah. Yeah, because otherwise they right. would have kept Trevor Harris. Right. Yeah. Agreed. But Hamilton also has made a commitment to Dane Evans, and we we can see Mazzoli going in a backup role there. I don't think we're going to see Mazzoli in a backup role at any other team in the CFL. He's going to try to be a starter. Yep, yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's why Montreal, yeah, I, agree, I agree with BC, Calgary, Montreal for sure are the three that I would be amazed if he shows up in either of those three teams. Yeah. But the rest, the well, yeah. I think, is all. His best chance would be Ottawa, I would think, because they have nobody. Yeah. If you think about it, they just, they just cut, uh, what's his face? Um, Ottawa would be my favorite. Davis. Davis. They had Dom Davis. Well, I don't think Chris Jones is all that happy with Nick Arbuckle either. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, but once again, like we talked about today, Chris Jones doesn't give a fuck who his quarterback is. (laughs) No, he doesn't. He could sign sign Mazzoli, okay? Because all he considers a quarterback is the guy who gets the ball. And his 
his defense will stop all the other teams. So it doesn't matter if you have an offense. You can just tell by the offensive coordinators he hired. Right. So, so. I mean, he could be an Edmonton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there, there could be a, a QB carousel out there right now. We just, even though we see a lot of people that are not free agents, like our buckle, uh, we could see them on the move anyhow because they're going to get replaced by somebody else. It just depends on when free agency hits and who signed who. And I'm also, I'm also remember Willie's big debate constantly: is it the system or is it the player? Nick Arbuckle got cut three times before he made the Stampeders. Three times. Okay, so he may not be that good. the Stampeders, too. And they also, also one of those years, Andrew Buckley, a Canadian, beat him out. So, you know. Okay, I I agree with you on that. I'm just going to show you something. I'm going to tell you something that Matt Nichols beat out Mike Riley. Yeah, I know that. Okay. Matt Nichols beat Mike Riley out. Well, you, nobody, you, cannot, coaches, you cannot go by that. Nobody said coaches were 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 right all the time. And obviously, when Matt Nichols beat out Mike Riley, the quarterback god <laughs> way up above broke Matt Nichols' legs on purpose so we could find out who Mike Riley was. Okay? Yeah. Wow. That's simple. And some of that was just picking an experienced quarterback over a, a raw rookie, too, right? Yeah. Like they saw a little bit of Mike, but you didn't know what he could do yet because he was a raw Canadian rookie. So. That's correct. We, we, we knew what he was in BC. Yeah, and you get that feeling, you know, and you, you know it's going to come. But, but as a coach, you sometimes um, favor to the, the vet or there's someone that has more experience because it's kind of close and you just have more faith in that experience kicking in. You know, I'm not justifying, but I can understand that situation because there was that brand new player to a player that had been around a little bit uh, pick. So <laughs> I'm not just, you know, like they didn't just say, oh, Mike sucks and we're going to go with Matt over Matt and Mike. It was more of a, you know, I'd have a little more faith in Matt at this point because he's got more experience. I, you know, I mean, there was reasons for that. Well, yeah, but I mean, you make a justifiable point. Jeremiah Mozzoli last year over Dane Evans, right? Right, right. There's there's always that little pinch, especially when you're the guy that's going to have to defend your decisions to the press and stuff. Like, yeah, you kind of, those things weigh in, right? So, mm-hmm. but, but you're still right, yes. I mean, Obviously, history has proven that that was a horrible decision, but <laughs> it's easy to be a, a good coach uh, this is after the season's over. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, yeah. I was just going to the point of, of Andrew Buckley be, uh, beating out Nick Arbuckle. Yeah. Does, doesn't but mean again, that was experience, true. too. No, it wasn't yeah. a true yeah. measure of what they could do. You know. No. Okay. And clearly, and I also, think, and I also bo- think a lot of a lot of times when when players are close in competition, the coaches have a favorite, and they pick that favorite every single time. You Which, know what I mean? Yeah, veteran plays into yeah, yeah, one hundred percent it is, and usually that favoritism is developed because they 
been with them a season or two, right? So there's that that's that, yeah. that aspect of it, right? Yeah, the comfort factor. I mean, because I remember a guy on Calgary, his name was Brian Moniz. And I still, to this day, I remember don't him. know how he stuck with Calgary for two years. Okay? It was like... He was a nothing. He was a pylon. He, he was a Marcus Crandall. <laughs> well, um, not even. Not even. I also think, can well, you imagine maybe if Buck Pierce had a got traded to Edmonton instead of Mike Riley, Buck Pierce wouldn't have ended up as a speed bump in Winnipeg? <laughs> then he just got run over in Edmonton. That guy just seemed to uh, this that guy just seemed to attract crazy hard heads. Yeah, I know. He just held on. Oh, held on too long. Held on the ball too long. I, I I like Buck. I really do. But you know, honestly, he held on I the ball too. too long, and we all know that. And I and I think you know what I think Buck Pierce, hey, he turned into a great offensive coach. I mean, first year as offensive coordinator, he won a great cup, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. Not arguing. And he does not have a, a, an offensive-minded head coach. No. So I mean, the no, but I think I think I think and and I think this goes to your credit, Christopher, because you're always talking about how how coaches have too many jobs. I think a guy like uh, like uh, oh my God, what's Winnipeg's head coach? Mike O'Shea. Michael Shea. I think he lets his coaches coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think he's just yeah. a delegator, yeah. and and you know he. Throws in his two cents, but he's more into a bunch of other stuff than coaching, per se. So, well, uh, you mean micromanaging? He did. He did yeah. take over the special teams coordinator's job, okay, as the head yeah. coach, right? But yeah, but he likes that. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. I mean, he did. He did give it up, which was good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I almost would make the argument a little bit that those two positions are probably the two that might be able to be done and make the most sense because special teams crosses over the entire team and it's a holistic uh, part of the game that a head coach should probably have a pretty gra- good grasp on. And it's a great way to connect to all your players and but not have the super responsibility of defense or offense. Because it's, it's a big part of the game, but it's not on the field as much. And it's not as complicated to coach. I mean, and, and it was his background, so he had a lot of history and background in it. But I just... I, I think that a head coach doing special teams makes the most sense to me of, of any two positionals if you're going to do that. Like, I, I, I do agree with you, Christopher, that they should just be head coaches. But if you're going to pick yes. one other thing to do, special teams makes the most sense to me. Because I have coached it before, and I have a, been a head coach too, and there, it is 
the only aspect of the game that involves the entire team, like a head coach should be a part of, and it's a good way to know your all your players, and it is manageable to be able to put in a decent special teams and still be on top of being a head coach. I would just my two cents. The head coach being the water boy as well, okay? Because that's too much responsibility. Yes. I, 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 I and I agree. I agree coach. with you that. Yes, I do agree with you that. I'm just saying that if I was going to be a head coach and have to do another one, special teams would be the one I think would be the easiest to add to the duties and make the most sense. That's all. But I do agree you should find somebody to do it. But, like, say, if you just don't like the way it's going and you get rid of him, doing it for a short period of time or something is manageable and uh, makes sense as your position as a head coach. That's all. And, I mean, he was so good at it, too, that it made real sense for him to kind of take it over there. But but you're you're missing my point here, I think, Chris. I'm not against the head coach being – also being a coordinator because he's not capable of doing both jobs. I, I, that's not mm-hmm. my point. My point is there are, if you're doing that, you're taking the position away from a younger coach that needs right. to move up because somebody else is a D line coach or, or a, a, a running back coach that didn't get to move up to being a coordinator. So somewhere, somewhere is somebody's not getting a job and, 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 people in organization are not moving up and getting the experience that they need before they go on to another team to be another position, whether it's a coordinator or a head coach or, or Ryan Dinwiddie never got to be a coordinator, but he got to be a head coach. Why? Because Calgary wouldn't take the goddamn job away from Dave Dickinson. Right? So that's my point is that we're losing some quality coaches in this league because we're head coaches are being arrogant greedy. I'm not saying they can't do the job. I'm just saying they shouldn't do the job. Okay, fair enough, and I agree with that then, 100%. In that aspect, yeah, you're right, right. 100%. Especially special teams, because that's where a lot of coaches should probably start, because it's the easiest thing to, to manage and coach. <laughs> I didn't yeah, say that. I didn't you, piss off not, all the special teams guys, but <laughs> I think you well, just said much coaching, about Jeff how, much coaching does it, how much coaching does it take for a guy to miss a field goal? Whoops, did I say that? Sorry. Mm. I was <laughs> been waiting all along for a comment like that from Will. Will? Will? I'm gonna answer that yes, question. Sir? You have to be able to count to twelve. <laughs> That's special district only. Okay, and that's and why no and no Reed more. Reed and Lapoli are no good at it. <laughs> I think Marcus Crabtree yeah, would have extended his career if he had been a field goal kicker. <laughs> Is Trevor Harris a tier one quarterback? Is he a starter in the CFL? I think we already talked about that. Kind of. We talked in a roundabout way, yeah. Is there anybody else that you could sell with? Well, Well, I definitely had Go ahead. 
sorry, we all talked at the same time, but uh, yeah. in my my choice, those are two separate questions. Is he a tier one or is he a starter? I make the argument that those two aren't the same things because right like, now, unfortunately, we don't have enough tier ones for every team to have a tier one starter. <laughs> so is he a starter at some teams? I think he is. Is he a tier one quarterback? I don't think he is. So I, I guess I don't know. It's that one to me that that's it's two different questions almost. <laughs> it's a sad statement too almost because we we don't have enough tier one quarterbacks for every team. We just don't because I'm arguing I argue the starters on the teams that aren't tier one right now, and I, and I don't think he's a tier one quarterback. But I de- definitely think he could start on a couple teams because a couple teams don't even have starters. They have backups, much less tier ones. Where where or, where would you not be surprised with him showing up at? I would not be surprised at every team except for Calgary, BC, and Montreal. And I'd be a little I, surprised I think, with Winnipeg. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised with him in Winnipeg. I wouldn't. Just because of like, Zach, though. I, 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 no, I agree, I guess, yeah. If Zach doesn't sign in Winnipeg, then yes, Trevor Harris is a viable option. I think okay, Trevor yes. Harris's most likely landing spot, honestly, is Edmonton. Me too. Actually, yeah, I could oddly see enough, I, I agree. I when he got back there. Because yeah. you want to say Ottawa, but I honestly think he's a better fit in Edmonton. I, I really back do. In Edmonton. I really do. You know, the regime changed over. I would take him over. Over, or Nick, Nick Arbuckle. I would, too. Yeah, actually, I would, too. And I like Nick Arbuckle, but I guess he's not proven anything yet. He hasn't proven anything yet. He needs, I don't know, he needs to be a backup again for yeah. a little bit somewhere yeah. else. I mean, guys, you're throwing around these names. You're throwing around Nick Arbuckle, and you're throwing around Trevor Harris. Well, if you throw those guys around going to every team or almost every team, you know who you got to throw in there? you got to throw in Bethel Thomas as well. Yeah, we well, can't sign either. So. Because he's what? just Why? as good as those guys. He's just as good as no, those he's not. guys. As which guys? He beat out. He beat out Nick Arbuckle in Toronto. Okay. Nick Arbuckle was injured. He is as he's Trevor Harris is not that good, man. He's too inconsistent. You know, with a bevel Thomas, he's going to throw the ball down the field. There's no doubt. And, and that, you want it? in my mind, there's no doubt in my mind that guy can chuck the football. William, go back and look at his yes, stats. Sir. Okay, I want you to go back and look at his stats, particularly okay. thirty plus yards. And I'll tell you what he yeah. was. He was one in seventeen. One completion uh-huh. out of seventeen attempts at right. plus thirty yards. That's not throwing the ball downhill, down downfield. It is. Yeah, but how many games? How many games did how many games did Toronto win? How many games did he uh-huh. win? How many games did Toronto win? And who was the starting quarterback for the majority of those games? 
And who was That's the ma- majority of the teams that he played? The Montreal team was out a quarterback, and he played Ottawa. The majority of their yeah, season was on, against those two teams. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because he's always going to, if he stays in the East, he'll play the majority of his games in the East. And the East always sucks. But, but that, that so changes. That was as viable as those other two schedule. guys. That, no, no. Last year, last year, 2021, was a, a reduced 14-game schedule that dominated the divisions. That's not going to happen again this year. That schedule's not the same. Last year was an anomaly. And if you want to get lay your, your, your team, the faith of your team on an anomaly and a quarterback that happened to just win more games in, in the East of it, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, how I, I don't know why he's still in the league. How many games did Trevor Harris win in Edmonton? They sucked. How many games did Bowley by Mitchell win last year? <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Um, well, but I, I, I think part of the thing with Bethel Thompson and and that conversation we're having is his age. Like he's quite like he's had his chance. He's hit his prime. Like. Nick but Arbuckle's you know still young have, and can do a lot more than... Have, like, I would rather take on a Nick. We have this conversation every year that Bethel Thomas is too old, and then he still ends up with the team, and he starts most of their games. So, well, I guarantee anybody but Toronto? I guarantee that somebody is going to sign him. Oh, no, no, I'm not arguing that. No, no, I'm not arguing that he's going to get signed. I agree with you that he's and, going to get signed. I think he's up in maybe Ottawa. Probably be the starter in Ottawa or Toronto. But I, I think that in the hierarchy, you, you're you're picking yeah. Harris and Nickelback Arbuckle and and, and Mazzoli over him. Like he's going to find his. A job, but I don't think he's in the same discussion we were having about Harris and Arbuckle and Edmonton. And like, I, I just don't, I think he's kind of the consolation prize. <laughs> he's got some experience yeah. on the field and he might not hurt you too bad, but you ain't picking him as your freaking franchise he's not quarterback. Cost you a lot. Yeah, you know, like, I, I agree with. With you, that he is going to be in the league. I, I have no doubt that he's with the situation that the teams are in. I think he ends up in Ottawa or or he stays in Toronto. Those are my two kind of feelings for him. But yeah, I agree with you. He's going to be in the league, and should he be? Well, unfortunately, that's a statement of affairs of where our quarterbacks are. Right? Like we need more quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league. That's all. Like I mean, uh, but a, Chris uh, Jones is already doing his uh, American thing in Edmonton. Everybody he signs been an ex NFL American, and he just signed a quarterback. Uh, what was this? Did anybody catch that story? Edmonton just signed some American quarterback, the, the, the next coming from the NCAA or something. I I didn't really read it that close because Chris does that every time he moves to a team and be, is the GM. Yeah, he just starts uh, filling it with ex NFL players. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it works NFL or it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Like, all Eminem is going to sign is, is going to be NX, uh, uh, Americans. Like, it's just going to – he's going to jam them full and then find a few in the last minute, uh, maybe free agent Canadians or something they can plug in there. Yeah. 
He doesn't give a damn about Canadian players. He never has. No. No, he finds him free agents uh, and pays him what he needs to to get him on the field. Yeah. Khalil Tate is the guy's name. Khalil Tate. Is that it? I don't know. They made it sound like it was a big signing, but I didn't read wasted I didn't really read it. I just kind of oh, it's Chris Jones again. Well, he, it, it's their fifth quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So Christopher or Chris, are you saying you don't believe you don't believe that Chris Jones has changed? Because he keeps on talking about <laughs> how he's changed, and he's not. Oh yeah, he's done with moving around, around. and he's not. I love that one yeah. anymore. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. why is it that nobody believes what you're saying, buddy? No, and he might as well start trying to sell you some great swampland down in the South Carolina too while he's at it, because that's about as much as I believe about that. Well, isn't he from Alabama or something? Whatever. Southern girl. <laughs> some, somewhere south, he's got some great land for you to buy. Just bring a boat. Yeah. Now, 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 going back to my Bethel Thomas thing, do you guys realize that he's the grandson of the 1948 Olympic shot put champion, Wilbur Moose Thompson? Did you guys know that? No, I did I not. Did not. No. <laughs> Give him the starting job. Okay. Yeah, that's right. There you go, man. Gee, he's got pedigree. That's right. Totally changes yeah. it. Yeah. The, the Schooners beat him. <laughs> Too bad at one time he wasn't. Name, he wasn't. Wait, wait. His girlfriend's name is Chinaka Hodge. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So, I don't my, know way Chris more Jones about might want him as a starter. Thompson than I ever really wanted to. Yeah, well, I mean, much. he would be the perfect starter for Chris Jones. He's American. Well, yeah, if, he doesn't care what the quarterback yeah. does as long as he can throw was the ball down dr- the field. Was he ever drafted into NFL? He, he might be. He might be God's gift to Chris Jones. Who knows? Well, well, he, he can't throw the ball down the field like the like CJ just gave his stats. Where he completed one pass out of thirty to over thirty yards. No, one out of seventeen. Well, whatever. It was over thirty yards, and he completed let's, one. Let's not make him look shittier than he was. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's taking care know. of that all himself. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, here, here's some. I, I know these are college stats, and they really they're meaningless when it gets to pro football, and I know that. Okay. This Tate guy that they just signed, Chris Jones just signed, was with the uh, Arizona Wildcats. He threw for 6,300 yards and 57 TDs and rushed for another 2,200 yards with 18 rushing TDs. Well, I do remember yeah, like I remember the article. The reason it stuck in my head was they said it was he was like a dual threat quarterback. So like he had the whole package. Kind of the article was spun that way, which is exactly why I thought, yeah. oh, typical Chris Jones. It's he's you know he he probably was projected high in the draft or whatever. He's a yeah he he was just totally just hit me as he's totally a Chris Jones player, right? Like he starts bringing him in like crazy already. <laughs> Right, but it, it, I'm looking at the, the the QBs that they've got signed there right now in Edmonton, okay? This is their yeah. stable of quarterbacks. Nick Arbuckle, Taylor Cornelius, Dakota Proof, yeah. and Kaye Lockley. 
We have not a game exactly, starter. Is, is he not exactly the um, second coming anyone there? Jesus. No, that's not a no, stable of stallions. That's for sure. No. Huh? No. I don't I think he's I'm not really sure who all those guys gone. I, by the I'm start of the sure season, every one of those guys has gone. It's, it's you know, That's possible. So there's not one guy there that jumps out at you and sees this is the guy. Not one. No. Yeah, well, you never know. Well, if someone really impresses in training camp. Well, in Jones' typical style, he's going to bring in a lot of players. He's going to go through a lot of players until so he finds who he likes, right? So Maybe he'll yeah. get one of those houses like he had in Saskatchewan and just dump a bunch of people in there. He likes well, to we're going to get to that in segment nine. Yeah, Glenn <laughs> Suter. Okay. So we've done Trevor Harris. Okay, Brian Burnham. We've done Brian Burnham, too, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Here's one that really baffled me. Delvin Bro has decided to unretire and return to playing. Is he still a top level DB at 32 years old? He was above a top tier DB when he played. Why wouldn't you take a chance with this guy? William. Well, I think you're a team that will. Did you, did you say you wouldn't take a chance with this guy? I said, who would? No, I think uh, pretty much everybody would. Um, it depends on has he been sitting around for the last year and a half eating bonbons and sitting on his ass. I doubt it. Um, he, he was a good player. There's no doubt about it. In the East. Let's go with that. Um but, yeah, I'm thinking there's lots of teams who take a chance on him. I'm thinking every team would take a chance on him. Yeah, I would think so. But at 32 years old, does he have – do you believe – how long has he been out of football? Two years now? Well, right. Just one year. I think it's just – well, yeah, I guess it's well, he missed the Kansas season, too. So. Yeah, two years. Yeah, two years. He's been out of football two years. That's a long time at that age to be able to come back. Depends on what he was doing, though. And let's face it, it was tough for hey, a lot of players last year to come back after time, being off body, for one year. At the same time, his body's rested up. He hasn't been taking any hits or anything for two years, so uh, I'm thinking that... Uh, Hey, he's probably refreshed. Yeah, we said that about a lot of players. Last year was anything but a stellar season. That's true. Yeah. Okay. But hopefully there'll be like a full training camp this year with actually preseason games and so on, and that will at least help somewhat. Uh, with uh, because I think 
I know we all we all comment about preseason and stuff like that, but it, I think it was quite noticeable this season that there was no preseason, and I think it really showed, especially because usually the first three or four weeks uh, we would call it glorified preseason. I think it was even longer this year with the way uh, everything went. So we'll see what happens. I've never bitched about preseason. I think it's really important. I mean, the quality of football is never there. That's the trying other players. I honestly believe that we should have four preseason games, not two. If you're going to have a preseason game where you try all your, your rookies that have never played football before, and then then you've got to try them a little more in the second game, when do, they, when do the vets get their, their fair share so they get half the game? That's why our first two games two weeks of pre of regular season are literally preseason games. The downside to that is they actually count for points. I really think four, yeah. four preseason games with veterans not even in the pitcher in the first two games. I mean, it's hard for the PA to argue that one. Right? I mean, let, let, let's, let's play some football with some players. I mean, even... I don't know how it, it's important. So I don't think like the NFL went for they've got four preseason games, but they only play 16 regular seasons. Is that correct? Well, they're now down to three. They changed it here and they added a regular season game and subtracted a preseason. So they only played three preseason games this year and 17 regular seasons. Okay. And what were your Which thoughts on that? Which is stupid. I, well, I thought okay. it was stupid because, A, it was an unbalanced <laughs> schedule, which made no sense. But you, I think you got to keep it an even number, either two or four. And four probably is, but you got to think about it even this way. In the NFL, when they play four preseason games, none of the starters play the last preseason game. They'll show up for maybe a drive, in the, a drive or two in the first two games. Normally, they'll play a half in the third game and then they don't see the field in the fourth game. It's all young guys again. And that's what my point is. I think that we need to develop and, and, and evaluate the young guys better than half of one game or, or you know, one, one series of games. It's, it's not enough time to properly build a team. And we prove that because week one is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not intuitive. It's not what the season is going to be like for that team. Okay. Now, this is going to be a big discussion, and I almost want to bring the Let's Talk CFL group into this one because – It's huge. Now, is this a correct word, Charles's legger? New legger oh, probably survey? not. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see anything about the survey, but uh, it doesn't matter. Survey indicates that young Canadians are receptive Ledger. to the idea of CFL abandon, adopting NFL-style rules, while older Canadians want the three-down league to remain unchanged. How does the CFL maneuver this? Okay, now... I don't believe that this is a true statement or I don't believe that these 
um, questions were are telling the whole story. I, I think the question here would be the younger Canadians, what do they believe is the matter with the CFL? And it's not going to be that they need NFL-style rules. They're going to tell you that they don't believe that it is quality football. They're going to tell you that it's not as good a football as the NFL. They're going to tell you that it's substandard football. They're going to tell you it's second-rate football. We're not going to watch it because it's a bunch of amateurs. Whether that's true or not, I'm not going to argue that. So the question here to me be, should we adopt American-style rules? Because I think the Canadian rules is a better game. But I'm not arguing that we don't have the best team on the field. So if you had a choice right now as hardcore CFL fans, and I know, Chris, this one's going to be hard for you, but as a hardcore CFL fan, and you were given a choice – would you take four down football in the CFL or would you get rid of the Canadian ratio? Because that's what's holding us back. I'd get rid of the Canadian ratio before I'd get rid of uh, three downs. And I know you think it would be a hard decision and it is, but in the end I can answer it fast because I know, I know what I, I would prefer. I like the rules and I would take the rules over over the Canadian ratio. Because I have faith that as we've been moving forward, there'll still be Canadians in the game because we're getting better at matching the Americans, and it'll just be fewer Canadians. It'll be the high-quality Canadians will make it, and uh, I would rather keep the three downs and the important rules. And just see less Canadians in the league. Does this mean that you would never have been in a Calgary Stampede uniform? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. And you would be okay with that? Well, I mean, I only ever made the practice roster anyway. And I chose to walk away when I did because I didn't think I was going to get much further. And I had to come to terms with that. So for me, it's a little different. But, but yeah, I, 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 I would be okay with that if it was back in the nineties when it, when I, when that was happening, um, I'm more okay with it now because how Canadians approach football has changed drastically in that 40 years. And like, like let's put it in perspective. When I was coming up in Calgary, which was a fairly big football, maybe not as much as BC, but at the time, it was a very big cultural football place, Calgary. Um, even though the Stampeders weren't great, um, in the mid-'80s, the first opportunity I had to play football in Calgary was Bantam football, grade 7. And I missed sign up because I was on family vacation. So the next year was grade 8, and at that point, I was too big. They would not let me play bantam football because I was too big. So I could not play grade 8. I could not play grade 9. The first time I was allowed to put on equipment was grade 10 in juniors. I played 10, 11, and 12. 
I went to university for a year, got booted, and walked on with the Calgary Stampeders. I had played four years of football before I tried to make it to that next level, and I managed to stick for a year. <laughs> so an American counterpoint at that point had probably played, what, like 12 years of football? Because he started with in grade two? So, whereas now, when I started my coaching career in Grand Prairie, Alberta, in the middle of nowhere, northern Alberta, my first coaching year, I coached Adams at grade two, three, and four, Pee Wee at four, five, and six, and Bantam at seven, eight, and nine. And then later on, I coached high school. So you essentially could play in northern Alberta that generates very few players right from grade two, just like an American could. And maybe the coaching wasn't as good. Maybe the competition wasn't as good. But if you were going to have that natural ability, you were going to be identified by a coach and you were going to be fostered through that system. And we were signing players to scholarships and stuff to U of A and other places. So in that 40 years that, game in Canada has changed. And this is this is in weird places like that. Ontario and Quebec are leaps and bounds ahead of us now in that kind of development. So the Canadian ratio existed for a reason just like CBC existed for a reason at one point. And maybe maybe I'm uh, it's passed me by and I should say that the Canadian ratio is something that's grown itself because we've caught we've caught up we don't need protection anymore because if you've got what it takes, you've shown it. You've got it and you've been developed to, to be at that next level where you don't need yeah. that three or four years of protection at a higher level to develop into the, the player you can be. When you're coming out now, you should be at that level because you sh- probably should have been playing in, in, in elementary school because that those options exist now. So, well, yeah, because the development in Canada is leaps and bounds ahead of where it used to be. Yeah, like it's just it's not comparable. So maybe maybe the Canadian ratio is a dinosaur that needs to be relooked at. But I sure the hell don't think three downs is because that's what makes the game the game. It's been that way for hundreds of years. Those things don't change. That's the fundamental of our game. But maybe the ratio is obsolete. Maybe it's a dinosaur. Maybe it needs to be reevaluated. I, I, I can't, I, my immediate reaction when we first, when it first came up was what I felt then, but that's not valid anymore because I've gotten older and it's gotten older and things have changed. The rules don't need there to change, but maybe some of those things need to change. There are 66 Canadians playing division one NCAA football. 66 Canadians. Yeah, like, there was no one, like I said, I mean, I, I made it to that level with four years' experience, and there was no Canadians playing down there. Um, you Not know, zero. Well, that, that, was a, that was a lie. There was some down in high school and stuff. I actually later in life met some people that I didn't meet when I was playing, but, but did actually do some high school American ball from, uh, he was from Edmonton, actually, and stuff. So there was a little bit of that, but, but, 
you know, very limited and a lot of it didn't turn into much, but, but it's, the, it's, like I said, it's changed. The situation's changed and most of it's around uh, Canadian uh, football Canada and the development of minor football, <clears throat> you know, like it's just so much more there. So after we and had it, that it, first conversation about it, I, I really looked at it. Hmm? I said there's more in the prairies. Honestly, I think football's really taken the back seat in BC. And I know Charles may agree with disagree with me on this one. I don't know. I don't I see soccer being far more dominant, predominant in, in the West Coast than I see football anymore. Football used to be very popular uh when I was growing right. up. I mean, we get 60,000 people in BC Play Stadium, 56,000 for a regular season game, not just the playoffs. And, and now we can barely get 20 in there. The, the, it, it, it's changed. It, the demographics of the community has changed. Um, the attitude has changed. The, the, the soccer mom is, is, is who's there, right? They're the one that's driving it. I, Charles yeah, it's wrong. a lot. Real estate's a lot more you expensive. You've got a kid that's coming up through football. You've got a kid that's come up through football. Do you see that? Do you see football as a dominant sport in the West Coast? Uh, more so than I used to. Uh, I just look at the growth of high school football, and there are more high school football teams than they were uh, years ago. They, they, they've got better coaching. I know that there are a lot of training clinics around directed for football. You look at the emergence of junior football, which has grown in the lower mainland. You have the Langley Rams, who just won the national championship of junior football this past November. So I do think football is growing, despite, uh, you know, I know what you're saying about soccer, and I think there's also a point to that. But I don't think football is as uh, bad off as you think it is. I think it's grown, especially when you, when you factor in um, high school football. Now, community football uh, has shrunken somewhat. But mainly that's because recently, in the last few years, they brought in a rule here in B.C. that you can only play community football, community football or high school football. You cannot play both. And they don't let you play both anymore. And uh, with the rise of high school football, community football has suffered because of it. But I do think that uh, soccer is very big here. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you on that. But I still think that um, football is still, I think, better off and higher than it was uh, even 10 years ago. I'm not going to argue or dispute that one. What's more popular? Mm-hmm. Is there more soccer players or there's more football I, I, players? There's probably still more soccer players. That I would agree with. Okay. You can't say that in Winnipeg. No, that's – well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know, but you're probably right. I, I don't know. Where, how about where you are, Chris, up in um, Dawson Creek? Soccer players, football players? Mm, it's probably pretty close. Um uh, like Timbits is huge here. It's cheap, right? And all oh, you need is soccer ball, and it's well funded. Yep. And uh, that's I one think, of the reasons. I think soccer is very popular early, and it beats football because parents are worried about the contact and stuff. 
but by the time you're yeah. in junior high school, the high school football takes over. Okay. And you've got I, much I would, more serious football wager, players than you do soccer players. I would wager there's five to one soccer players to football players in the lower mainland. Hmm. Will, what's Calgary like now? Like it's just gotten more and more. It's got more and more football orientated, even since I've left. Like, like it was bad when I was I was going through, but but they have yeah, like camps yeah. and shit now. And yeah, and I I I do go to I do go to lots of uh, lots of uh, high school football games, and I go to lots of believe it or not CIS games um, because I'm a well, football guy. High school right? was. Even in the nineties high school was big. Like there was the, the big yeah. you know, six yeah. and like Saint Francis and Sir Winston Churchill were pumping out Calgary Stamp like yeah. uh, dinos and like they, the high school program in Calgary even when I was there was big. But that literally was just three years. That was it. Like that was your development yeah, was you started you high school at, and you, you learned at, it. You look at this little Lake Notre Dame in Calgary, okay, so right now on the St. Peters Colton Hunchak is from Notre Dame. Uh, Sean McEwen is from Notre Dame. Um, yeah, big high school. A couple other guys. Okay, those are big high school. They, they, you know, and that's where they, where they learn. But and as far as you know, it's funny because I was in uh, Lethbridge this summer and I got to watch my grandson play soccer, and I went to his soccer game, and he's only seven years old. But there were 87 soccer games going on at the same time. Okay? 87, wow. Think about how many kids that is. 87 on the same field, okay? And so as a younger as younger kids, they play soccer. It, there's no doubt about it. But then as, as you go through life, and you get bigger, and there's not everybody is made for soccer, if you know what I mean. I mean, mm-hmm. my 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 grandson is like a fire hydrant, okay, and he's about mm-hmm. he's about as fast and as subtle as a tree, okay. And this kid's not going to play soccer his whole life, I guarantee you. And I hope his mother will let him play football, okay. But we shall see. I mean. You know, I mean, but the I, I, I agree. There, I, 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 just, I understand that. I just think that there is. And I mean, I played high school football in the late 70s. Okay. Yeah, and right. we had teams. There was teams everywhere. Everywhere you went, there were yeah. teams. But we didn't have community football back then. We had high school football, and that was it. We started in grade 10, 11, and 12. I could have gone on to yeah, what... SFU and played football, but I didn't. Yeah. I went continued with my soccer uh, my lacrosse career instead but i'll tell you there was probably six or seven soccer teams like there was an entire league in my community of soccer we had one football team we had to go to another Mm -hmm. community to play a game right where they had they had a league inside of my town we could barely make a I team mean, of football players. And let's face it, and I don't think that's really changed. Football is. Soccer is still a lot cheaper mm-hmm. than football. All you need Hell is yeah. work and a pair of shin guards, okay? And some But cleats. when so, we were in high school, all of our all of our equipment was 
was part of the school. That's we didn't have to buy anything. All you had to do was buy your cleats. That was it. Yeah. So, and there's no charge to play either. Okay. Not at high school. There's there's a charge for everything now. You see, the way I look at it, and I do agree with Chris, I would keep the rules to the the Canadian game as opposed to the Canadian uh, content guys because, you know, and I and when you when they tell you with the young guys and the CFL is second class, blah 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 blah. These guys have to educate themselves, okay? And the reason, sorry, the reason the average person thinks the NFL is better is because they're told the NFL is better 27,000 times an hour if you watch TV. Okay? What all goes all to the, the media presentation? Marketing. It's marketing. Okay? 100% it is, William. But we are, if we put on, hang on, let's stop, okay? There's 10,000 Division I NCAA players graduating every year. Okay? Yes. There's 10,000. Okay, there's 10,000. Now, how many of those players make the NFL? There's 32 teams. Do five? 1% of 1%. Do five of them for each team, so that so we're talking about 150 people. 150 people out of 10,000 make the NFL. Okay. Correct. Take the next 150 down from there. What is the difference in the quality of players in the top 300? <laughs> I don't think there's that much. You difference. you cannot you cannot tell me that the CFL would be a lesser game if we had those players playing in the CFL? No. Anything, it might be I a better game. I wouldn't it would be a better, be better game, game because probably. our football rules are better. If we okay. keep the CFL rules. And you here's have the to thing about the this. Not everybody is, is made for the NFL game. Not everybody is made for the CFL game. That's why so no. many Americans come up here and think they can dominate Johnny Manziel in the CFL, and they, don't. and they fall on their fucking faces, is because this is not that easy a game. It's not a pushover of a game. It's, it's pro football at its best. It's just different. And if you prove that this game is, is, has the best players possible playing it, I bet you you could take over. I honestly believe that the CFL could be a more popular sport. And here's the other thing, too, with this survey that they did and so on. Talk about, oh, uh, get the CFL to uh, use the um, American um, rules. Once you do that and you take the rules away and you start using the, uh, using the NFL rules, you're no longer the CFL in, for, for all intents and purposes. You're basically NFL Junior. You're the exact same sport uh, without the top-level talent. Are you going to tell me that the young people are just going to go up and say, okay, well, here's the NFL rules, but uh, or here's the CFL now, but they're using NFL rules, so I'm going to go watch them now. There's no way. It's, they're just going to say, oh, well, it's the NFL with inferior players. When you have the CFL rules, um, you have a different sport, essentially. 
It's the same game, but a different version of it. But it gives you a, a different, uh, you know, uh, a different perspective and so on. But once you turn it and you use the CFL, the NFL rules, you're basically um, you're the, you become the American Hockey League, basically. And uh, I don't think it's going to sell. That's not going to be that big a selling point. A lot of people think, oh. That'll fix the problem. It won't. I'm sorry. It's just not going to. You're It'll dreaming if worse. you think it will. What? It'll make it worse. Yeah. Because you're not going to attract the younger generation, and you're going to piss off the older generation. Yeah, to the point where no one wants to watch it anymore. Nobody wants to watch it. It'll be the death of the league. Yeah. Honestly, the only way to save this league right now and the way that I see it, to change it, to make it better, is you have to market the snot out of it. And the only way that you can market the snot out of it, marketing, this is something that people don't understand. You can throw a shitload of money at marketing, and it doesn't work. And everybody goes, well, the CFL doesn't do any marketing. Right. I don't think the CFL really has too much to market right now. Okay, and I know a lot of people are going to argue with me on that. They need to build themselves a better product. They need to get their team in order. They need to get themselves stable, and then they can start to market a product that they have now built. And they can't, you can't market something that, that's not there. You're just, you're just throwing shit against the wall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they need to get a stable league. They need to get... A, they need to build a better product, and one of those things, in my opinion, is the ratio. Get rid of the ratio, get yourself a better product on the field, and then you've got something to market, something to say, hey, yo, wake up, pay attention to this. This is high-quality football. These are just as good of players. This is a better game. It's more exciting. Look at this. You watch this game, and you watch that game, and you tell me that this isn't a better game. Do you know what the quality of a CFL game would be if we didn't have the ratio? We would be so excited about the sport. Mm-hmm. It would be oh, amazing by the way, to watch the, these games. There are these people out there saying, oh, well, if we didn't have a ratio – then uh, we there wouldn't be any Canadians playing in the CFL. Guess what? And by saying that, you're proving our point. Because you're saying that these guys aren't is, good enough to make it on their own. Statement. And it's a stupid statement because I'm sorry, there would be Canadians are the are in the NFL. You're telling me you're not going to get any Canadians in the CFL if you take that the racial rule away? That's ridiculous. That's a stupid statement. Of course it is. But it's, it's coming from ignorance and fear. Yep. Right? It, it, they're emotions. People are saying these things on emotions as opposed to actually thinking about it logically and trying to find an answer to it, why it is. I mean, the big thing about it is, oh, it's a Canadian football. How can we have Canadian football without Canadians? Canadians don't make it Canadian football. The rules don't make it Canadian football. What makes what makes Canadian football? What is the CFL? What makes it Canadian? William, you tell me. Will, right now, tell me what makes the CFL special? The rules. No. 
Girls are not unique. Yeah. They're being played in Germany. They're playing, being played in Australia. Three-down football is not unique to Canada. Yeah, they're unique. They're unique in Canada and on a big scale. The field is wider. The rules are different. That's the biggest thing for me, anyway. Chris, what makes Canadian football CFL Canadian football? Well, I mean, I would naturally say the exact same thing as Will, the field and the rules. I'm not quite sure what you're fishing. Like, I'm sure your point's going to be valid. I just can't wrap my head around it right now. Well, yeah, I usually not going to agree with you. But I, I, I agree with Will. As I see it, it's, it's the, 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 the field and the rules, the way we play it. That's what makes it Canadian because that's what it was invented to be. Like that's, That just makes it different than American. doesn't necessarily make it Canadian. Well, we invented the Canadians, invented it's Canadian football. The Americans took it and changed it. Canadians invented football, baseball, basketball, hockey, and lacrosse. Yes. Okay. That's just a fact. Canadians did that. Yep. Americans don't understand that concept. They really have a problem with it. Um, of course. <laughs> Charles, what makes Canadian yeah. football Canadian? It's played in Canada. That's a good point, too. <laughs> but as he, he said, Everyone it's played the... other places, too. Right. So it's, uh... No, well, I, I know where Charles is coming from, and it's not the same. What you're saying is... Chris, what you're saying is the rules are played other places. This Canadian yeah. football, yeah. CFL, is played in Canada. So as long – I mean, it's the only okay. championship where there's only uh, – a Canadian is going to win. When was the, when was the last right. time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup? 1993. When was the last time an American won the Grey Cup? 1995. Okay. An American team has won the Great Cup once. Closer to us. That, yeah, but it happened <laughs> more recently than a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. Yes, that's correct. That was the that's point I was trying to make. That to say. I, I'm, not, I'm not finding an answer here. I don't have an answer. Because Thank you, Sam Peters, a, for that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I never, I'll never, I'll never forgive at least seventeen times. Okay, so yep. get over I'll never it. forgive the Stampeders for that. I'll never forgive them for that. And, okay. and of but course, it, we thank BC for defending our honor in '94. <laughs> yeah, we won. Hundred percent. We won. We won. <laughs> we yep. Those scums. Okay. So, um, one of the arguments is is that it's Canadian teams. So, but I think that if we're one of succeed and, and and promote our game, we need teams in America. And I know there's a lot of people well, that hate that idea. I agree. But no, but we, in the ninety in the ninety three, ninety four, ninety five expansion years, that was still CFL football being played in the States because we played it by right. our field and our rules. 
And that's what my and Will's point are is that that's what makes it CFL football. It's not where it's played. It's, it's how it's played. And when we expand down to the states, first off, we desperately needed the franchise expansion money, and it's what saved the yes. league, no matter what anybody yes. wants to say. I don't think it was a bad exactly. thing. It failed because of poor planning and execution. It was mismanaged. They, tr- they tried to take over Friday and Saturday football in the stage, which worked great until high school and college started, and then they flopped. What they should have done was attack like Wednesday, Thursday. or And, and, and we have Thursday football now. So if they would have went down there and they would have tried to own Thursday, I think it would have made a world of difference. I think it would have maybe even succeeded. It's just something stupid, silly like that, that they didn't even know the markets they were going into. You don't play Friday because that's high school. You don't play Saturday, that's college. Sunday is the NFL. So pick something that's like Thursday that you can maybe succeed at. But don't try and take it on head-to-head like that. Oh, that was a horrible decision. Anyway, I'm going on my rant of the expansion. I like the expansion. It saved our league, and I think it should have succeeded if it was done properly. They fucked it up, Uh and and it was people's decisions that did that, not the fact that we moved to the States. They also didn't go to the right cities that they should have gone to, but... Well, you got to take where you can get that one. That one, they they jumped around so much too, right? Like a couple of those teams changed their location every year. That wasn't, that wasn't part. I mean, you got to find your niche market and there's going to be places that you just don't succeed. Like where you try to dump a hockey team in the freaking middle of a desert. But, but you know, like, but some of those teams should have stuck and that, that experiment should have lasted longer than three years. It was screwed up by individuals, but the concept was still sound, and it damn well saved our league. You can never, ever deny that that influx of money is no, no, the only no. thing that made that league move forward. People try, but you, they, you, they're wrong. UX, U.S. expansion was successful because the whole thing was purpose of it was to save the CFL, and they succeeded at that. Whether those teams down there failed is irrelevant. The, the biggest problem with the U.S. expansion in the 90s was they did, tried to do five or six teams. They need to do one team and make one team At a time work. and get it success. Yeah. yeah. Get it success, right? And they I tried mean, to get close to the border. Too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too much, too fast. Okay? One team right now. So then what makes Canadian football Canadian? The field in the rules. I don't, think there's, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything that makes Canadian football Canadian football. And I think that that's a hurdle that we have to get past. This is three down gridiron football. And we don't want to yeah. play four down gridiron football. I don't give a fuck where it is. I don't care who's playing it. We want to play three-down gridiron football. We don't want to play Canadian football because you know, there's no such thing. You know, I, I tried really, 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 really hard this weekend to watch all the football games on TV because I, I miss football. And despite, and we've all agreed that this year in the CFL, some of the games were not that great. Okay, and it's because of the Correct. layoff and only 14 games and no exhibition games. But I watched the playoffs in the NFL this past weekend, and for the most part, I was bored to fucking tears. 
They were uh, most of those games were atrocious. They were blowouts. And and it's just I know I know where everybody is going with the football, okay? Because it's that simple. <laughs> okay, and once again, and I say the CFL with Canadian rules. I mean, just the whole motion thing in the CFL makes things that much more exciting. Okay, and that that that's you know, the point I'm trying to make, Will. Because we got to uh-huh. stop calling being possessive of of it by country, and we need Fine, to whatever. say we want three down football, not four down football. It's not oh, should we change Canadian football to four down football? No, we shouldn't change three down football to four down football. My my buddy, my buddy. I, I, uh, whose son plays for the Stampeders, Colton Hunchak's father. His other son, who also played quarterback at York University, left in January. He's going to play. He's going to play. No, no, he's going to play in the French league this year. Okay. Okay. They play. They play CFL rules. Yeah, I know. Okay? And it, and their they season play goes from football. their Please. season goes from Please. January to July. Okay, so you know, and I and I actually that's, have seen that's my point. And yeah, I know. It's three down football. It's gridiron football played in Europe with using three down rules. Three down rules are not the same as four down rules. There's a difference to them. Mm-hmm. There's a motion. There's bigger size. There's all sorts of things. But it's three-down football. It's not Canadian football. Quit calling it Canadian football. I, I, personally, I think we should change the name of the league from Canadian football to continental football. Still CFL. <laughs> Maybe people are going to get past this concept of, of possessiveness of it being football because they, they want Canadians to be playing Canadian football. They want Canadian – these are Canadian rules. They're not Canadian rules. They're three-down football rules. And we need to, we need to maintain that. Yes, I am – I adamantly, I adamantly agree with you guys that we need to keep the rules. Don't fuck with them. They work. I like the rouge. Okay? Mm -hmm. I like a lot of things that we play in our game. But, you know, it's the concept of, of this ownership that everybody is having a big issue about. And we have to get past it. You do know there's more CFL fans in America than there are in Canada, right? That's really you brought that up before. Yes, we know there, that. There's actually there's more American CFL fans than there are Canadians. Never mind Canadian football fans. Than there are Canadians in our country. Yeah. Okay. If we do not promote our, if we do not promote our game to that group, to that level of demographics, I mean, they're already our fans. There's yeah. more damn, okay. there's more fans in America than there are in Canada. The only reason why we're not filling our stadiums is because they're too far away. You bring this style of yeah. football into America, and it will win. Yeah. We know what it is. It's it's don't fuck with the game. It's it's perfect. 
Yeah, no, and I mean, you, when you describe it that way again, it, it's it's I 100% agree. I never thought of the fact that calling it the, like the possessive factor of it, right? The CFL being possessive of of three down football, right? It was more of a we call it that just because it was invented here. But you, but you're right. There's it's naive to think that there isn't a form of uh, possessiveness to it when you oh, there is. argue that it's that it's only CFL, right? That it's only Canadian football, not even really even drawing in that Canadians have to play it. I mean, that, that's another topic, but, it, but, it, but a fact that you, there was such a pushback about expansion to the States. Why was that, right? Why? Because it, we, because it was CFL and has to be played in Canada. That's more of the possession thing that you're trying to put across. And I agree with you. Like, it's silliness to think that because it's Canadian football, it has to be played in Canada. It can be played globally as long as it's played by the rules that we consider to be Canadian rules, which is really the three-down part that you're discussing. So in the way you 100%. describe it in that form, I agree with you 100% that we can't be possessive of it. We, we, want, we should want to share it with the world, not possess it, <laughs> and, and get the whole world playing it. So, right. But now, if, and if it requires us to get away from thing. the Canadian factor, great. Okay, here's another thing about this. Americans are Americans, okay? And I, I apologize to any Americans that are listening to the show right now, but as a rule, you guys are really arrogant, okay? And if you can go into all sorts of different things and you can get free magazines, you can get free everything else down in the States. It's all over the place. But they won't ship to Canada, even if you pay the postage. Because they don't... It, it's part of America. They're, they're more possessive about America than we are about Canada. Okay? So it is really going to be hard to market a product into America and call it Canadian. Because the Americans yeah. are just not going to look at it because it's not American. Okay? You could keep the game exactly the same, 100% exactly the same, and call it American football and market it into America, and it would sell. Mm-hmm. Don't call it the NFL. Call it the American Football League, and it would sell. You haven't changed the goddamn thing. Because the Americans are going to promote it, or, or, or are going to promote it, not promote it, but accept it, because it's a, they, they believe that it's theirs. But if you bring in something yeah. that is German or Canadian or Chinese or anything else, there's going to be such pushback from Americans. Okay? And I believe there is. Mm-hmm. Now, 10% of Americans right now follow, closely follow, or follow Canadian football. 10%. If you didn't call it Canadian football, what, what would that number be? It could be higher. Mm-hmm. You figure you'd probably almost double it, <laughs> really. You know, yeah, like, you, it's you, not you, like you'd that's, probably double it, and that's not a huge more number. More. It's still only twenty percent. <laughs> you know, like yeah, or more. But twenty percent—that's sixty million people. Yes, one hundred percent, and that's it's all about numbers, right? By yeah. changing the name, 
by yeah. strictly changing the name. Continental. We have to get rid of I'm the concept, a Continental Football League, get rid of the possessiveness of this country on this league because it's a detriment. Yeah. And what, and, and what difference it should make to us because we still know that we invented the game and it's what we made popular. You know, like, like if you it's want the, that level of pride, it's still easy to take. That's right. It's still easy to take the pride in it without having it labeled as such, right? Like, I mean, it's it's still easy to be proud, uh, proud of continental football that we invented. Like, like the name shouldn't mean anything to someone that's truly loves the sport. It's not – I don't love the sport because it's Canadian football. I love the sport because of what the game is. <laughs> I mean, and a lot of people think I do take some take pride in hockey. Pride in hockey that we and it's called the Na- National Hockey League, not called the Canadian Hockey, hockey League. League. But a lot yeah. of people still yeah. take pride. Canadians still take pride in that. Well, and that's because it's still we made it what it is, and you. But you can still right. take that ownership to the whatever you call way. it, three down football. Yeah. Like, it's easy to still be prideful. Like, I mean, I know, I love pointing out to my NFL friends that, well, what Super Bowl is it? 56, wow. You know what we just played? (laughs) 100 and what? Like, like, yeah, we've been playing our game a little bit longer than you've been playing your game. Trust me. You know, and you can take pride like that. That's not a true statement. That's not a true statement. Chris. Well, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they have like the, the NFL championship. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. But we've still been playing because we called ours amateur rugby when we first started. So we've been playing it long. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's just an easy little stab to shut them up when they're all going about how great the NFL is. Anyway, but – but it's, you know, like, yeah, like, I mean, you don't need, like, you still know, the, like, again, we still made those rules and we invented the game. If you want to take pride in that, you can do that, but you don't need to call it the Canadian Football League. It, 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 like, you know what it is, right? Like you said, NFL or the NHL is the national. It's not the CHL. It's not Canadian Hockey League. But we still it's, all take pride in hockey. It's three down gridiron football. Yeah. No, I, I agree with we that. Don't I, I'm going to have to start down. calling it. I think I'm going to start calling it the Continental just just all the time anyway, just like the uh, the Elks. I'm just going to arbitrarily make the change to myself. <laughs> See if we can popularize. Maybe we can popularize it. It's the Continental football. Okay. It sounds very classy, doesn't it? Although, just so you know, if you start calling it that, you're going to get so much pushing and shoving from traditionalists and so on, and they're going to they're going to call you a hater and the anti-Canadian and all this other stuff. Because you just well, I don't do well. Just to, I just don't do a lot on social media. I don't really care. This is probably okay. the smart Charles, way to do it. Yeah. Charles, do me a favor. This show's over because I've had fun right. with it. I I I so want to talk about Glenn Suter and the Riders. So can you bring that? We'll put that on next week. We'll put that on. Yeah, we'll put that on next week. I I so want to do that, and yep. it needs to be done. I do too, by the way. I, I I could I could dedicate a show to that. Okay, uh, but let's, I let's get I, I think on this so whole concept of Canadian football was something that we really needed to talk about, and I wanted I I just want, needed you guys to be aware of my position on that, and the fact that I think there needs to be a mindset change on this, and, we and we'll go from there. But you know. this, I, I know. I'm, I'm looking at 52 seconds. Uh, the show's over, so I'm going to cl- wrap it up right now. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 470. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. 
It's been an honor and a pleasure talking football with my friends here tonight, and I hope you guys enjoyed us at home. Uh, say good night, Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. And Chris. Good night, everybody. It was uh, it was great talking football, even when it's not on. It's- it was enjoyable. Good, good to have you back, buddy. William, say good night. Good night, everybody. It was good talking football and go, <laughs> go. I can't even remember the name. Go, Scooters, that- Al.